0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy a special
1: message recorded live at East Coast Christian Center. Hey everybody, welcome. We do want to welcome those not only in the room here, but maybe you're in your room on the online community out there. We're so glad you have an online church as a family or wherever you're doing that. We also want to welcome in Coco, want to welcome in the Avenue, and we want to welcome in Vieira. Can we give them all a warm welcome, people? Yeah. It's so good uh, to be with you. And uh, I'm going to share some incredible things today. I believe we have actually lived through maybe one of the most miraculous years in the history, at least in my history, in the history of the last 60 or 70 years on planet Earth. We have seen some incredible things. I have never been, in fact, more excited about where I see God taking you, taking us, this year. I believe that this year is gonna be an incredible year. Can you, come on now, can you get it in your heart that we serve a good God that has good things prepared for us to walk in? Man, I know it's a little bit harder when you got a few bruises and bumps, you know, and there's a couple of scratchy things going on from from the past 12, 18 months or whatever it's been, but I believe God got great things for us this year. And I also want to thank Pastor Matt for the incredible vision that you've already laid out for 2021. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about loving God. I'm excited about loving people and I'm kind of excited about loving life. Boy, that was resounding, I must admit. That was incredibly powerful. Come on now. Can't you get on board with love and life? Now, I, You know, hey, I know, I know we've seen, there's been some tough things going on in people's lives, but I'll tell you what, we are in the kingdom of God. Jesus is for us, and if he is for us, there's nothing that could be against us. We gotta have that victor mindset because we are victorious so we're gonna i'm gonna add you know i believe i believe 2021 is going to be a year of doing in fact i almost called it getting it done in 2021 but i thought maybe i shouldn't so (laughs) there's something about that that doesn't work perfectly nowadays but you know one of the things is i was meditating on the vision for 2021 and talking to Pastor Matt and looking at at the great things he shared in the first three messages in this series, it caused me to look back some, not only at 2020 and things like that. And I am so thankful for God's goodness in 2020. It was incredible in my life, my family's life. Very, very grateful for all that God did. But I'm thankful for God's goodness at East Coast Christian Center for us. For those of you that are at home watching right now or those of you that are at Vieira or Coco or the Avenue, I am so thankful for God's goodness in our lives. I'm, I'm not only thankful for God's goodness, you know, over there, but I'm thankful for God's goodness right here in me in and fa- my family, what God's done for my family this year. It's been incredible. And as I was thinking about, you know, kind of going back and thinking about the goodness of God, I went back even further. I started thinking about when I got started in this stuff. That would have been 41 years ago. 41 years ago, I preached my first message in a church as a pastor. It was an incredible day, pretty exciting. But not too long after that, a friend of mine, who was my pastor at a low time in ministry, actually said to me, Dan, I don't think you can stand up you're too sickly for the pastoral ministry. I don't know if you'll make it. I think 41 years later, God's good. Hey, where we're weak, he's strong, right? And all the issues that I faced then, God has healed and made better in my life, life and I'm so grateful. You know, 35 years ago, when the pastor who uh, was involved in starting this church, Mike Failauer, uh, fell into moral failure and left, everybody said the church wouldn't make it. 35 years later still around you know what that means that means god's good that's what it means god's good you know i have heard this and read so many articles on it people don't give anymore well (laughs) we wouldn't be here if people didn't give and weren't generous what's that all about god's goodness you know the pandemic giving in a pandemic god's goodness four locations online making it a fifth location all that talks about is the goodness of God let me read just some verses psalms 65 verse 4 blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house of your holy temple man we'll be satisfied with the goodness of God. If you're not satisfied yet, keep believing. Because he said you would be satisfied. He goes on, verse nine. "You You visit the earth and water. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain. For so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with goodness. 2021 is wearing a crown of goodness. God crowned it before it ever started. And what God does, God sees the end from the beginning somebody say amen Amen. goes on to say in your paths drip with abundance i believe god wants to put his goodness on display this year through us through you through me and i believe god's got big things to do so we're going to rise and build or let's uh maybe get her done in 2021 i can't seem to get rid of that but uh we want to talk about building a life-giving church at last and i believe god wants to overwhelm you with his goodness and amaze you with his faithfulness this year. Can we pray? Father, I want to thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our life. Today, we submit our minds and hearts to you. Help us to see what you see for our future. Help us to take the limits off of our thinking so that we can receive everything you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. Amen. Before I leave that little portion, Ephesians, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, something I I believe with all my being. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you're not walking in as many good works as you'd like, get in the Word. It's what equips you to do it. We could just go for a week right there, but I'm just going to leave it just drop the mic let's move on can't drop the mic when it's on your ear unless you become van gogh but anyway moving right along <laughs> what i want to talk about today uh, in the in the framework of god's goodness is i want to talk about building a life-giving church at the last i want to put the fourth message on our vision series for this year in 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 the picture of god's goodness and I want to talk about building a life-giving church at last. And I could say a lot about being life-giving, and there's so much that, that goes into that. It, it can be from any, anything, from someone meets somebody from East Coast, with that when that person leaves their presence, they feel like they've been injected with, with joy and life and, and that they're, they're not you know, bummed out or, you know, like, Ugh. there are life-sucking people, Please. You may not have ever experienced that in your life, but there are actually life-sucking people around that all they do is they just want to come and get and pull it in and leave with it. But when you're life giving, your focus is on giving life, sharing joy, sharing hope, talking, and believing in faith. And so, uh, I believe that we need to be a life giving church, so that when somebody visits East Coast Christian Center, it's a life giving. They don't leave feeling beat up. They leave feeling that like there might be hope for them, no matter what their life is like or their background is. That when they leave this place, that you know what. I might make it too. Life-giving. We're called to be a life-giving church that lasts. But I want to talk about more about that lasts today. That lasts. I wrote down some other words. Or that continues. That is generational. A life-giving church that will remain. A life-giving church that goes on. The only way we're ever going to do that is continue to train the younger generations and continue to release the younger generations to be who God has called them to be. I love the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I, and I love that even in the scripture that, you know, somebody says, well, you know, uh, uh, they, they don't hardly ever, as a Jewish person later on, just talk about Abraham or just talk about Isaac or just talk about Jacob. It's, it's always an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sandwich. It's because they are the ones who got it going. They're the ones that carried the vision. They're the ones that built the nation of Israel. And it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, And they are a great story of how God passes things on from one generation to another. So much so that they've not just become Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. They've become Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because they are, they are a, a picture of what God wants to do. And you know, you could ask the question, what would have happened if Abraham wouldn't have done a good job in training up Isaac? Or Isaac not in raising up Jacob? Would have stopped. What most people don't know about these three incredible patriarchs of the nation of Israel is that they were actually all alive at the same time. When we sit back and hear about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we think, well, there was Abraham, and then along came Isaac, and Abraham was gone, and then along came Jacob, and Isaac was gone. But the truth of the matter is, all three of them were alive at the same time. Let me show you a little picture here that kind of lines it out. Can we put that up on the screen there? Oh, wow, it just took me over. I love it. Uh, Notice there, Abraham was 175 years old. Look, I'm behind that. I'm in that line yeah I like that caught my eye okay squirrel um Abraham 175 years Isaac comes along and there is 75 approximately 75 years that Abraham and Isaac are alive together And doing life and loving Israel together. And then Isaac comes, excuse me, Jacob comes along. And then, gosh, there's a hundred years that Isaac and Jacob worked together. But there's about a 20-year period of time there where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all alive together. And it wasn't them and then them and then them or him, him, and him. It was him and then them and then them. It's an incredible picture. God's best for each preceding generation. Uh, Proceeding generation is to complement uh, the, the coming generation. I believe, and I put it this way, Abraham was resourcing Isaac. Abraham was one of the richest men on the world. I think that would be a good idea for me. God just hasn't seen it that way. But anyway, I'm, I'm okay. Um, still, I'm doing great. Don't get me wrong. Abraham was resourcing, resourcing Isaac. Isaac was releasing Jacob. And Jacob was respecting Abraham. That, that swirl, that circle of life-giving care for the generations is a powerful component that God has used in the Bible for thousands of years, but we rarely see work in the church. One of the reasons East Coast Christian Center has done as well as God has allowed it to do is because we've cared about and supported and loved every generation. Not giving up on a generation because they're, they've reached their peak or not you know, giving up on a generation because they're too young. But believing that God is God and if God is God and he's in them God can be God no matter how old you are we don't often think this way but do you know that every local church is one generation away from extinction Very seldom, I believe, do pastors sit down and go, well, you know, I'm just going to do this, do that. And they don't look forward and think that if we don't do this next part right, this church will be extinct. And, and you know, as well as I do, we've seen it all across the country. Churches that become white-haired and nothing else. And go extinct. We received a building and property given to us. By a church. That was becoming extinct. I plan on being alive when Matthew's children are ministering and living for God. In a big way. They are now. But even bigger way. I plan on being around for that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all alive together, but the lead for that changed. Just because Isaac led didn't mean that Abraham went off the map. He was still there. He's still part of what was going on. I'm going to say this, and I don't say things like this very often, but I am the father of this house by the grace of God. And thank you. And that's never going to change. That, nobody can have that. <laughs> it's not possible. Because there's not you know, two fathers in this situation. There's one. But it's time for me to pass the generational baton of leadership. And when you look at who we're passing it to, the amazing 40-year-olds-ish. Matt, Pastor Matt, and Pastor Jessica. And I know Jessica isn't 40 yet and maybe never will be I don't know how that works completely but pastor Chris pastor Brian pastors David Mark Christian Marvin what's that what's your name Keith Keith and you know when we start talking about that generation We're just talking about pastoral staff there. The generation of ministries here and different areas and parts of the church that people are involved in, we have people spread throughout the entire width and breadth of this organization from that generation leading right now. And they're not just leading, they are training up the next generation, which Keith has probably fallen into that somewhere. You know, how old are you, Keith? 32. 33. You and Jesus are the same age. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. I can remember when I turned 33, I thought that's pretty cool. You know, hey. (laughs) We have an incredible team. And you know, the theology that I've always lived under is, is that God doesn't build anything with, with one. God builds everything with many. I call it big grape theology, and I get that from Isaiah 65:8. It says, thus says the Lord, as a new wine is found in the cluster. Yeah. New wine is found where? In the cluster. New wine isn't found in a big grape. I don't care how big your grape is. One grape is not enough to make wine. Yeah. But you need cluster. In the, in the group is where the, the life is. And it goes on to say, and one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. I love the way God thinks. We have a team of great leaders. But it's obvious to most people here, Pastor Matt has taken more and more of the lead pastor role at East Coast Christian Center, and we believe with all our hearts that it's time to pass on the mantle of senior pastor to Pastor Matt. And I think it's an incredible season in our life. His leadership through this pandemic, and most of you don't know the background, but really, in all, for all intents and purposes, so the way this church has been run, the first 18 months we co-pastored, the last 18 months, Pastor Matt has pastored the church. He's led every team. He's been in charge of every employee. He's made decisions. He led this church through a pandemic that very few pastors have ever seen anything like it before we've had a three-year transition plan that would have been up in september but because of the pandemic we chose not to take the step in september and put it off till now so it's been about three years and 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 five months but i've known this in my heart this would happen for 25 years Now, I want you to know that I am not retiring, and I'm kind of tired of people asking me, what am I going to do when I retire? Because I'm still here full time, so knock it off. I I don't, you say that, and I think I should leave (laughs) and go fishing or something. And I don't like that. I'll still be teaching here at the church. I'll still be leading. I'll still be on the executive team. I love my church. What, what, you know, I, I've got, I got nowhere else to be and no other people I want to be around. It's just the truth. My family's here. This is the third year that Pastor Matt received the vision and direction for our church, taking our lead team away and worked on it and come up with everything we've been doing. And if you don't know, if you're new around here, Pastor Matt's worked and served here over 20 years. Um and and this part's hard because it's true but it's still hard is uh, I've been harder on Pastor Matt than I have been on anybody else in this organization. Expected more, pushed for more, been ruder <laughs> to than anybody else in this church. And part of that's because there's this weird thing called nepotism. Which means you give jobs to your kids just because they're your kids. And uh, I was at a Christian school picking up Matt when he was a little boy and someone commented on the church and the school uh, as we were picking up our children very critically and their criticism revolved around it being a family affair because the dad was the pastor of the church and the son ran the christian school and i think they had a secretary that was in their family and blah 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 Uh, they went on about the negative comment and i flat out i just i jumped on him i said well wouldn't it be better if he was a womanizing drunkard Wouldn't it be better if their family was broken and spread all over the map and, and laying in a bloody heap? You know, if you, if you do it right, you get criticism. If you do it wrong, you get criticism. I guess you gotta have kids and they gotta be invisible and love Jesus. I don't know how it works. But when I was done rebuking them, God spoke to me. And said, you'll get the opportunity to experience this in your own life. The joy of seeing I'm going to stop that thought just for a minute. I'm proud of Matt. He's worked hard. And he's built more than anyone else in East Coast Christian Center's history. Besides me, of course. I just, Let's not get carried away. You know, whether it was back in the day mowing grass and doing maintenance and janitorial. He had a huge uh, impact in starting youth camps with pastor Eric back in the day Matt went uh, to England and served with a ministry called soul survivor and when he came back he started mezzanine that's our young adult ministry It didn't exist before he got back he started that I I had a I had a heart to do it I said Matt would you do it he did it then he raised up David Gammon who pastor David who got saved here who now pastors the mezzanine Matt started and pastored the avenue he then turned that over pastor david now i think pastor david gets everything when you're done with it <laughs> pastor matt and jessica started the Vieira campus you start thinking about how much matt is built at east coast christian center it's an incredible picture matt pastor matt and jess started living in freedom every day our freedom groups That's quite a lot of building. Yes. This year, Pastor Matt birthed the online campus. Now, none of these things we talk about that anybody's ever done have we done alone. We're super proud of how hard everybody's worked to make this stuff happen. But leaders need to lead. I believe Pastor Matt's 41 years old with the experience of a 60 year old and the energy of a 30 year old and the vision. I think you're getting an incredible deal. And with Pastor Jessica coming alongside him in a pastoral role, I believe we're entering a season at East Coast like we've never had before. It'll be powerful. So you know we've consulted with all sorts of people about this.
0: That's all the time we have for the weekly special message. But if you would like to listen to more, please go to eccc.us or use the East Coast app. Now, here's a moment to thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. kids that's 321 453 5437 Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in.